The road to hell is paved with... Right. I want to morph that a little bit. I think it's paved with good temptations. I mean, just think about how marketing and advertising works for us, right? I mean, it's, it's always wanting to show us a little shortcut to something that we desire, right? I mean, what do we call it when they, when they have the, the little headlines, like, five ways to reduce belly fat, or uh, what do they call that? Clickbait, Clickbait right? We're like fish, and they're hanging a little worm out there, and we like worms. We're just going to go right after it. It's a temptation, you know? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna click on that thing. We're going we're gonna to go down that rabbit hole. We're going we're gonna to try to follow that. Um, many, of the, many of the Ponzi schemes, you know, that, that people have gotten into and all that sort of thing, it's all about trying to make a bunch of money in a short period of time, Right? It's all about, oh, you're going to be rich and you're going to do this. I mean, all, all these systems often promise something really amazing. And so it sort of hooks us because we're thinking, man, um, rich would be good. Wealthy would be nice. You know, I could, I, could, I could help my church more. I could help my community more. I could have a nice car. I could build a new house. I could wear nicer clothes. You know, it's, it's, all, it's win, win, win. And so I'm, I'm willing to give this person my money in order to get that. And then you realize, oh, too good to be true. Temptations. Road to hell is often filled with good temptations. Because our brains, our brains are designed to go for pleasure and to avoid pain. To go for pleasure and avoid pain. And that's why Um, salty and sweet is so good because it's all about pleasure. (laughs) My kryptonite is peanuts, salted peanuts, and chocolate chips together. If those are both in the house, I will find them. (laughs) I will eat them. I mean, Jennifer has gotten very creative about where to hide them. Um, But somehow... You know, I can find my kryptonite very easily. Uh, I just, you know. Anyway, maybe they should be in plain sight, and that way I, whatever. But temptations, right? Our brains are designed to go, to go away from pain and to, and to go pleasure. And so that's, that's why all these things look so attractive to us. You know, five, lose 12 pounds in 10 days. Five ways to increase testosterone. Um, you know, buy this new driver. It'll be great. Buy this car and you're going to feel like Matthew McConaughey. I mean, whatever it is, you know, it really, we want the pleasure of that. That's what they're showing us in the ad is the pleasure of, of indulging in this particular thing because then, you know, maybe we'll feel more sexy or we'll whatever. And we, so we go toward that, that pleasure. I mean, in a sense, we're, we're, designed, we're designed for that. And we often want to go for the easy way. Because going the hard way is pain, right? I mean, if you want to lose 12 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds... Um, it's going to take time. You're going to have to modify what you're putting in the pie hole. You know, maybe not so much pie. 
you're, you're going you're gonna to need to do that over a systematic time frame. I mean, yeah, you can do it fast. You can do it fast, but it's probably not going to last. But to get the results that you want over time, you're going to need to go through some pain. But we don't want to do that. That's what happens in a lot of our relationships, too. You know, we, we're sort of walking along and we're with our lover or our partner or our spouse and, and things get sort of, you know, we're just, we don't talk very much or maybe, or maybe we don't feel very intimately connected. And then so, we, so there's somebody at work that we spend a lot of time with. And man, it just feels so good to talk to them. It just feels so pleasurable to be in their presence. And, and maybe nothing physical is going on at all, but it's just, it's just so great to have that intimacy. You know, just that little bit of excitement, something new. And it seems really easy to move into that because you know it's going to take a lot more time and effort with the person that you know so well who lives in your house with you. There's going to be pain in order to, to, to bring back into that picture the intimacy or whatever is you feel like is being lost. And so it's just easier to break it off and move on, so we think. Pain and pleasure... And temptations. In the Old Testament, you know, the story of Adam and Eve, which is fraught with all kinds of problems <laughs> and all kinds of and all kinds of history and issues and and you know about the doctrine of original sin and and, and all and all that stuff. And I'm really I really don't want to get into that. I just I want to look at it, I want to look at it from the from a human point of view. Adam and Eve are in a beautiful place. So we're told. They have absolutely everything they need. They don't need to cultivate the ground. They're friends with the animals. You know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. But yet they think, they think if they could just be like God and know good from not so good or good from bad or good from evil, then that would complete everything. That would, that would keep everything, you know, really great. And so, you know, it says that the snake comes, and we'll talk about, and we'll talk about who, the, who we think the snake is and all of that in a little bit. Um, but, you know, sort of the per- personification of temptation, the snake comes, and it's like, oh, that'd be really good. Be great, and it's a shortcut. Just eat the fruit, and you're going to know good. From bad. And that's the origin story of how we, one, got kicked out of the garden, but two, how we got judgment. I mean, judgment in our own minds. Right? Because we think knowing good from evil would be really great, right? Good from evil, really great. But here's the thing how often do you use that judgment more against yourself than against other things? You get up in the morning and you're judging from the moment you get up. Oh my, it's morning again. This is bad. Well, go up to the mirror, you're, you're, you know, you go to the bathroom, you go up to the mirror and you look at there. Oh, nice bags under your eyes, dude. That's bad. Oh, look at that hair. Woohoo! That's going to take some time to fix this morning. That's bad. And then like, you know, then you look in the mirror and oh, Joel, those those extra pounds, those are bad. I mean, we're judging all the time, good and bad, mostly bad, and especially when it comes to ourselves, mostly bad. And we just keep, you know, sometimes I wonder what would it be like if we hadn't eaten the apple or the fruit or whatever it was. What would it be like to be without that 
having that in your head all the time. Now, there are lots of good things about having judgment, too. We can, we can make decisions and do that, but we often use it against ourselves. The temptation is it looked really good. It didn't work out so well for us or for them. In the New Testament, we have the story of Jesus, of course, and it's right in, in the book of Matthew, it's right after Jesus is baptized. So he comes to his cousin, John the baptizer, um, the Jordan River, and, um, and Jesus is baptized, and the skies open up, and the dove comes, and, and, and it And the voice from heaven says, this is my beloved with whom I'm well pleased. So here's this really cool experience. This really awesome thing. Like Jesus gets named for who he is. um, And then immediately he goes into the wilderness. Forty days and forty nights of fasting. um, And... um, And Diablos comes. Diablos. Diablo, that's the, that's the Greek word. It's a word we get what from? Diabolical, right? Diabolos, balos is like to throw. That's how I remember it. Throw a ball. Balo, balo is to throw. Dia is to throw over. To throw over. Like, I'm going to throw you over. I'm going to tempt you. I'm going to twist things to throw you off. I'm going to deceive you. We often call this the deceiver. Um, And in this this particular passage, the deceiver, Diabolos, or sometimes called the devil, gets personified. Very much personified. That this this, um, Diabolos is there, physically present with Jesus. And, and, um, you know, temptation is often is so often about a temptation to some sort of greater power. You know, when you get that new car, you're going to feel more powerful. When you get that new golf club, you're going to feel more powerful. When you lose that weight, you're going to look good in that dress and you're going to feel more powerful. It really is. A lot of of the temptation goes back to power and ease. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights and afterwards he was famished. I can't imagine that he wasn't famished 40 days and 40 nights. The tempter, Diablos, came to him and said, if, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Doesn't this sound like, hey, if you're so tough, let's take it outside. If you're the Son of God, I double dog dare you. I mean, this is... The human part of Jesus gets, can, get, could get hooked really easily here. Well, of course I'm a son of God. Who do, what, what do you think? I could smack you down right now. You know? Command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus is hungry. Food would be awesome. It's a temptation to do something for himself, but also, in a sense, to be able to, if he can turn stones into bread, he can feed the whole world. It's a temptation to power, a temptation to provide, a temptation to do something within his power that 
changes things for Jesus. And it's so interesting here, like in the Bible here, it immediately goes, Jesus says, and it was written, blah, 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 blah. You know, right? Just that it's just like that he's, you know, he's like on Jeopardy. And it's just like he's just firing the answers back. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's tired, he's famished. If you're the son of God, turn, turn these stones into loaves of bread. Do you think he thought about it just, just for a little while? I don't know. It doesn't say, but I think that we, I think that we, I think that we make Jesus a little too, a little too, um, a little too godlike too immediately when we just say, well, he just knew he was, you know, nerves of steel. We know he was human. So I can imagine, I mean, if he was hungry and then he's thinking, I could feed the world because the world is hungry. I could do this. I think he could be tempted. And then the devil took him, Diabolos took him, the tempter took him to the holy city, to Jerusalem, placed him on the pinnacle of the temple. And if you've ever seen pictures of, of how the temple might have looked and, um, and all of that, like in Jerusalem, it's, it's up. And then, and then, the, and then the, 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 you know, around the four corners up on the temple, I mean, you've got, you've got this very high place. So he would have been very high up. He would have been able to see um, for miles around to see, to see um, all the people that lived around there and what was going on. And, and, and again, he tempts him taunts him and says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands he will bear you up so you will not dash your foot against a stone. It's almost like showing his magical powers, like he can't be. Who doesn't want to live forever? Who doesn't want to not get injured? Who doesn't want to not die? Jesus said to him again, again is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, was he tempted by that? I don't know. To see if God would protect. God, if you'll just let me squeak by this time, I'll become a monk. Right? I'll do better. I won't take your name in vain anymore. Whatever. What kind of deal are we often willing to make in our darkest times? Again, the devil, the Diablos, took him on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Wow. I mean, isn't that just a little tempting? To have all the kingdoms of the world underneath our fingers? Because the Lord knows the people who are running the world right now aren't doing a really great job. And I know that I could do a much better job. I mean, I know, yeah, that I could screw it up just as bad as they could. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Jesus says, away with you. Away with you, you deceiver. For it's written... Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and the angels came and waited on him, which is interesting. In the Gospel of Luke, it says the devil went away until an opportune time. One of the things I think that's in this, in this passage is that, you know, 
evil or the deceiver or the tempter, the temptations are always close to us. Closer than we often think they are. Our desire to avoid pain and to have pleasure often overrides what is good and right in the world. And through this passage, I mean, I, I really believe we can, we can in some ways identify with Jesus that there, there would be a real temptation to be someone who could, who could provide for everyone, who could show the power of God to everyone, who could, who could rule the kingdoms in the right way. That we're, that, we're, that we're tempted by that. And then yet, that feels like bad news, right? About our temptation and our, and our desire and our, oftentimes our, our ability to really screw things up. But the good news is here that in this passage which comes right after Jesus is baptized and you're my beloved one. You know, it sort of sets him on this path that, that in, this, in this intervening 40 days and 40 nights, he chooses what kind of leader, what kind of savior he's going to be. He's not going to be a savior that the world would embrace. He's not going to lead an army of angels, <laughs> not going to just use hocus pocus to provide for everybody, not going to, you know, whatever, but he's going to give himself completely and utterly so that we might know what it means to live a new life. Not an easier life, not a perfect life, but a new life. And that's what Jesus gives us the opportunity to do, is to live that new life to be able to look at the pain and the pleasure of life and to be able to choose. To be able to look at temptations and decide which ones we're giving into and which ones we aren't. And to know that when we screw up and when we make mistakes, that it is God who guides us back on the path, who shows us a way forward. That it is the power of God in us and through us that can show also the world a new way to live. Because lots of things are attempting to throw us over. Dia balos. And we can be the ones to call them out in others and in ourselves and work for a world where the new life that we find in Christ gets expressed in and through us and in and through everyone because we are unwilling to take shortcuts that hurt others. So what's tempting you these days? What pain are you trying to avoid? What pleasure are you wanting to indulge in that may not be so good for you? Maybe it's time to take that to Christ and to find a new way forward. Because Jesus entered the pain in order that we might have the pleasure of his resurrection and of a new life. Amen.